Welcome to TNT with Teresa Quinlan and Reese Thomas. We are friends from across the pond on a life evolution. We want to bring you topics that challenge your status quo, guests that help you think differently, and nuggets of wisdom that spark being. Being what? You. Authentic you. Welcome to TNT 2.0. Our guest today is Chris Ho. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great, Teresa. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So let me introduce you to our audience. Chris is a certified organizational coach, husband, father, and lifelong learner whose purpose is to help leaders find a balance with what's most important in their lives. Professionally, Chris has been a leader in sales organizations in tech, media, and finance over the last 15 years which led him to find his true passion in helping develop the potential in others. Through his personal story of facing cancer and losing his father to the same disease, Chris uses this experience to live a life full of gratitude and appreciation while making an impact on those he works with. Chris is the founder of Conscious Studio, a mindset individual coaching organization, and also works with Franklin Covey as a client partner. He lives in River District in Vancouver, BC. Shout out to Canadians with his wife, four-year-old son, and fur babies, Sam and Bella. It's so great to have you here today, Chris. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, Teresa. You're welcome. So we like to talk about passion and obsession because we certainly find that when we can be in our zone of genius, the things that we're really passionate about are the things that we usually spend our time learning reading, listening, examining, exploring, maybe even teaching to other people. When we get to talk about that, we really, I find, we really get to have these aha moments that need an outlet to be shared with other people. So what's the story and your experiences that have brought you to this space where you are helping other leaders to become great leaders, that you are coaching individuals to their own greatness, that you are working in organizations to perhaps overcome what we call the leadership debt. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love that frame. Yeah, I think, you know, when I look at leadership, um, you know, I've always, I've always been a leader in in my life. Uh, I think about uh, even in high school, I was like a store manager in our candy store, right? Uh, University, um, you know, leading business clubs, student marketing associations. Um, and then even after school, um, you know, moved to Toronto, chased a career in, uh, in finance, uh, as, uh, and then worked as a supervisor, an analyst, and then even coming back to Vancouver, you know, being a leader in, in sales organizations and sales teams. Uh, I've always, I've always really enjoyed being a leader. Like, and I think, why I've enjoyed about enjoyed being leaders, just the, the responsibility, I think, the accountability. But you know, it sounds cliche, but just having an impact on people. And um, and now you know, being uh, a certified coach and uh, and working with organizations with Karen Covey, I'm finding that that passion over the years has just solidified, right? And being able to impact those that are leading teams, and I think the great story about being a leader is that it's just, it's more about more than yourself, right? You're, 
you're you're trying to uncover you're trying to help people figure th- their 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 own lives out um yes in their work life right in coaching and helping people um but you know having an impact on their personal side right and just seeing just seeing the lights go out right and just seeing them be happy right we're all we're all working we're all kind of in the same vision of you know trying to provide for our family right but um it's just finding that that happy place of yes working to achieve your potential but also bring the happiness home and that's it's kind of my passion area hmm. you know what i love so much about what you said is how much you enjoy helping others figure out their own lives plural right mm-hmm. not not just figuring out how to be successful in the workplace because when you're leading someone, you need to care about them as a whole human to kind of know what the internal levers of motivation are. Why are you here in the first place? It's got to extend outside the workplace. So you also mentioned something that I completely resonate with is leading from a young age. You had characteristics, behaviors, personality traits, perhaps attributes that indicated this was a good space for you. And I think Mm -hmm. when people listen to conversations or read books around leadership, what we don't often get to hear a lot about is how do you know that from the inside? So Mm -hmm. how does a person who self-identifies as a natural leader, what does it feel like on the inside to know "Mm, this is the space I'm supposed to be in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, such a good question. Um, I think for me, Inherently, I am I'm, I am an optimist. Like I think I'm always the one that always looks at the brighter things. Um, I don't like to, and of course I have, but like I don't like to blame people or situations, right? So I think I learned that at a young age. You know, when things were were tough. Of course, I had my rough moments. We all do. Um, but shortly after that, it was always for me. It was always like, okay, what do we do next? Like, how do we get out of this funk? How do we get out of this situation? Uh, I didn't like being in those situations. So for me, it was like, how quickly can we turn this around? And that was my own internal dialogue. It was, it was really just to make things better than they were. And I think it wasn't until other people started kind of like validating, I guess, or externally saying, hey, you know, you should be captain of our basketball team, right? Or I should run the school store. Or I should lead this club where it's like, okay, well, sure. Um, and then pieces start kind of fit in at that time when I took those responsibilities and, and then enjoyed, I guess, those roles, right. Saw the outcomes of bringing my ideas up or looking at the brighter side of things. I've always gone, I got that before. It's like, Hey, you're such an optimist. You're always so positive. I'm like, that's just kind of how I operate. And I think people started to gravitate towards that. And then, and then I started like, Hey, I actually like this feeling of people gravitating towards it. Not so much, Hey kind of creating a falling, but like, hey, now I see them experiencing the optimism that I enjoy and then seeing how that turned their lives around, right? Um, sounds grandiose, but back in, back then it was just like how their moods change, right? Or it inspired me to do, I don't know, do another course or join this club, right? And, um, and that's when I kind of piece things together and like that, that fuzzy feeling at the, at the younger age. <laughs> that's a great description because I think everyone that's listening can also identify with when have I had the fuzzy feeling that's both a combination of I know it internally and there's validation external so other people are also and that kind of alignment is really important when we're looking for our zone of genius Simon Sinek talks about of course finding your why 
That's his maybe the thing he's most known for. And one of the exercises he presents in finding your why is to actually go and talk to your best friends, the people that you're closest to and ask them the question, why are we best friends? Mm -hmm. And you have to push them. You have to play devil's advocate because they'll give you some of these surface answers that we expect. You're loyal, you're dependable, you're funny, you're friendly, you mm -hmm. care about me. Like, And you're like, okay, those are great. And that's a definition of a friend and even a best friend. But yeah. why do you spend time with me? Because what we're looking for is for people to say, what do they gain by being with us? Mm. Because it's the impact to them. That's a leader is the impact to other people, not to mention followership. Mm. <laughs> we can have a we can have a title and people could be prescribed to follow us. So prescriptive authority. This mm -hmm. is my manager. You must do what they say. Right. <laughs> and yet no one's really following you. And then we can have organic followership where people naturally follow who you are. Yeah. And I'm wondering in your experiences, how often you've come across um, prescription leadership and organic leadership? Yeah, um, a lot. And I think, I think that kind of leads me to, you know, part of my journey is and I think that's where the disconnect is, right? When people think of leadership, they right? think it's such a such a grandiose title or or position, right? And I think people get into it in a couple of ways. One, and not to say one is wrong or, or or right, but one, you know, they could be they could be chasing that title. They like that that the position, right? They like that prescribed notion, right? Um, that may be fine. Uh, and then there's ones that kind of fall into it organically. Right, that enjoy the fuzziness, right, and they they really enjoy the impact, right. Um, but I find that most people they don't know they don't know how to get into those spaces of the organic, right. There's that mismatch, right. They they yeah, and it's not their fault, right. It's the, it's the narrative of society. I think that the narrative of work that hey, if I'm a individual contributor, my kind of my next progression is I'm going to be a leader, I'm going to be a manager, which may be true, but you can get into a little bit of trouble. And I've seen that in my, in my life where people prescribe to that story and then they're like, I'm going to be a manager. And then they get into that role and then they're like, what do I do in this role? And they don't know, right? They, they try to base it on their old bosses. What did my, what did I like from my last leader? What I didn't like, okay, I'm going to pick and choose from this basket and I'm going to be this leader. And then if it turns out that it's not really aligned to who they are as a person, right? Their values, right? They're then being authentic. Mm -hmm. That's where I find I, I've seen the friction, right? I myself have experienced that and still do, right? You never, you never really arrive. Um, but when I was a leader in the in those organizations, I've seen that conflict that that people have had, and they didn't have that support, right? And their job was miserable. They couldn't understand why their teams didn't follow them i guess right they, they move from micromanager to macromanager and they didn't really understand what was driving i've seen leaders health-wise you know deteriorate right including myself right and we talked about in the beginning like you know you know i've gone through cancer three surgeries in my life right and i think during that time period it, there was that disconnect right the disconnect of hey i should be this person as a leader uh, as a, a worker 
and uh, I got sucked into it. And then I didn't really question about, you know, is this really who I am? Is this based on my values? Do I really want to do this? Am I doing this for the right reasons? Mm-hmm. Um, and that spills into the other side, your personal, your health, your relationship with your partner, uh, your spirituality, your everything, right? Um, so I think the sooner you can figure that out, which is hard, the sooner you can figure out if you're going to be a prescribed leader or organic leader and, and try to get those two aligned, um, the better things will be for yourself. But more importantly, the better it will be for the people that you're trying to impact right, and trying to lead. Yeah, I think that's really an interesting approach because it isn't often, it isn't often that we're willing to allow the two to align. That more and more what we hear about leadership is you have to be an organic leadership. You have yeah. to be someone who's meant to lead in order to lead. Leaders are born, they're not made. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> mm. That's, that kind of polarity in thinking limits opportunity and then limits ideas and decreases the diversity of co- cognitive thinking that can come into our environment. The natural progression really is hindered and helped or can be hindered and helped by the culture of the organization. So you alluded to some of those things in that sometimes we're a top performer and the only place for us to go next is into leadership. It's the only way for us to grow, make more money, get more perks and more responsibility. And that's a flaw within our organization is the only way for me to grow is to do that, but I might not be meant for leadership, nor do I Mm -hmm. want it, but I find myself here because it's the only thing available. So when I find myself here, now all of a sudden, as you described, I'm in this space of like, how the hell did I get here? I don't know what I'm doing. I used to be successful. And all of my stress goes up, 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 which means, of course, dis-ease within my body. And I love the first time I heard it like that. And I went, oh my God, disease, (laughs) dis-ease, disease. Mm -hmm. And when we even sort of, Um, sparse through things like emotional intelligence, psychology, and trauma, we start to see this thread of when we are unwell emotionally, our body will sacrifice itself to signal you to your unwellness, to get you to pay attention and do something differently, whether it is change your job (laughs) or change your mindset or align yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You're bang on. And I think you know, that, that led me to, you know, part of my story was when I was first diagnosed with testicular cancer, right? And it was in a role, I wasn't a leader at the time, but it was an individual contributor and um, high pressure sales. I was doing well, but I, I really bought into, you know, the organization, what we're doing. It's all about results. And I was go, 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 go. And my body was saying, no, 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 no. Right. And, uh, and, you know, I'm fortunate that, you know, mine were, I had surgery, right? And, uh, but it was a big wake up call, of course, right? It sounds super cliche. And sometimes I don't like that cliche, like it gives you a different perspective in life. It's a wake up call and, and it is, and it was. And, um, and I still say to this day, I'm, I'm forever grateful that I was diagnosed actually, because it, yes, gave me a new perspective, gave me new life. And, you know, for me, if I didn't have that, who knows? where it would have went right and um and i think the important thing is that it doesn't have to take cancer to wake yourself up it doesn't have to take covid to 
wake things up. Like we shouldn't have to get to that point where your body, your emotions are saying, hey, stop, right? Um, the liberating thing is that you can change your mindset right now in the present moment, right? You have the power to, hey, you don't, you don't like this story? Change it. It's not easy, but it's liberating that you have the full control, right? And there's a bunch of other things you don't have control over. And you got to chuck that stuff out. Um, but the things you do have control, like in this second, can really change the direction of your life. And that's the empowering, empowering thing, I think. Mm. So Tara Brock, in her book, Radical Compassion, has a diagram that she shares. It's a circle, and there's a line that goes halfway through the circle, like the horizon. And below the circle, she describes as being in the trance, and above the, cir- above the line, sorry, below the line, in the trance, above the line, aware. Mm. And so I can't help but bring up the fact that you named your coaching business Conscious Studio. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Aware, <laughs> awareness. Yeah. How important yeah. is the element of awareness um, as related to mindset? Yeah, it's 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 huge. It's huge, I think. And I think, you know, I came with the name of consciousness exactly for that reason. Is that I find that even myself, right, throughout the day, right, and and others, we're just unconsciously moving from one thing to the next right? We're, we're, we're unconsciously making decisions or choosing actions because of some narrative that we've created in ourselves, right? And until we can, which is fine, but that story itself is not the, the issue, I think. It is the unconscious part of it, right? So if we can take that time to consciously, intentionally make the decisions that we do um, and, and be aware and own the directions that we want to take, that's a different story, right? Then you can kind of say, hey, I'm intentionally doing this. I want this job or, you know, I'm having this stake or I'm moving to the city and that's fine. But until we actually question if that's what I truly want and that's my true values, um, you can get lost really, really quick. Mm. So when you're coaching with individuals and, and working with people who are emerging as leaders to help them be prepared, what are some of the themes that you encourage them or coach them on? Hmm. Yeah, good question. I think, um, I think we, you know, a really good place to start um, is this idea of, of values right, of who you are as a person. And we, we, we people, everyone kind of throws this terms of values. Like, what are your values? And, and a lot of people don't know, right? Um, and it's hard. It's hard to quantify, right? Um, but when I throw kind of a, a list of values at you and kind of ask you to choose, then it becomes a little bit easier, right? And until you start looking at that, right, of who you are, what's important to you, and again, with no judgment either, right? Like one value is not more important than the other. And I think, again, that's consciously, intentionally choosing what's important to you and not, you know, uh, unconsciously saying, oh, this is what society wants of me or this is what my family wants of me, right? Or that's bad that I want wealth or like that's bad to, yeah. you know, uh, have, you know, uh, inward needs, right? It's not about that. It's about who you are. Once you can start figuring that out first, then you can kind of start thinking, okay, that's who I am as a person. And then, if you're thinking about leadership, then you can kind of map those two together, right? And, and how you want that to be a leader. 
as an individual? How do you want to be uh, with others and make sure they're aligned? And I think when they're not, that's again, that's when the stress comes up. That's when the anxiety comes mm-hmm. up. That's when the, the body says, hey, what's going on, mm-hmm. right? Um, the sooner you can figure that out, you know, the better. Yeah, because it's also true that when we know our values, intimately know our values, they are the signposts when we become emotional. Mm-hmm. So generally someone's acting in, be- in, in conflict to a value of ours or the, the current circumstances are in conflict with our value system. And so we get emotionally triggered, right? When we know it's our values that are at the foundation of that and we understand them, then we can be emotionally agile, which means mm-hmm. we can manage that emotional response and instead keep our intellect turned on and step yeah. into dialogue or use skills like empathy, reality testing, impulse control. So we're not just operating in the trance reactions that we often will see within leadership. Yes. Within workplaces. Yes. Going to the grocery store, (laughs) getting gas. We just, we see it within human behavior all the time. Um, Would you share with us what your values are? Yeah. Well, before that, I I like, I love how you brought emotion um, and, uh, and how emotions have a play into it. And I think, that's something I'm still battling with, right? Is is being aware of your own emotions and and being, um, being, having that pause, right? And I think that that pause of naming the emotion, uh, whether you're individual or as a as a leader, um, is is super important because if you don't have that pause, you can just run away with that story, mm-hmm. right? Very very quickly, right? Mm-hmm. And again, that can get you to a lot of trouble, um, and um, and that's part of my journey is, is, is realizing the emotions of being aware and being okay with it, right? And, and letting that, let it settle. Yeah, simply allowing them. Just let them be. Try not to fuel them with judgment or thinking because that's when they spiral out of control. <laughs> and then we yeah. bounce all over the place in our emotions, right? We can be frustrated, then we're angry, then we're disheartened, then we're sad, then we're, and people are like, whoa, are you all right? No, yeah. turns out I'm not all right. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I can't exactly. be grounded in this space. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so your values, values, um, and I find that it's interesting. They change, uh, not mm-hmm. a whole lot, right? But you know, they they change, right? Uh, I have a four year old son, um, and two fur babies, as mentioned, and um, a partner. So, I'm very much family centered. Family balance is is, is one that's key. Um, uh, I value gratitude and appreciation, right? Um, not so much just. Uh, well, because actually through, through, the, through the story of cancer that I've gone through, but just um, just the appreciation of where we are today, right? The presence of where we are. And it's, it's such a gift. We've gone through so much the last couple of years uh, as a society as a whole that, uh, you know, valuing gratitude and appreciation for where you are today is, is, is really key and key and forefront for me. Mm-hmm. Um, responsibility is really big for me as well responsibility uh and i think people say responsibility you know for others which is very true for family for my work for the clients i serve but you have responsibility for yourself as well which is key and then it goes back to being uh, conscious of your ability and the freedom to to dictate the life that you want and you're responsible for that you have the responsibility to to do that and the freedom to do that so which I hope when people, I hope as people are listening to you describe your values, because you may have said a value that's one of theirs, but then you described it differently. And that's really mm-hmm. the key piece 
is we might have the same word, we might have the same value, the way we name it, but what it means to us and what it looks like in our life and how it impacts us when we're living it and when we're not living it, yeah. those descriptions can be completely different. And that's the depth of, I believe, how much we need to understand our values because that's the connection piece to our emotional disruption. So for example, one of mine is self-discipline. And I'm, as you said, our values do change. Sort of an, an outlier value of mine, it's not in my top four, but might be my fifth one, is solitude, which very much relates to self-discipline. <laughs> because for me, when I describe that, it is the ownership of self, the claiming responsibility of, I have to do the inward work. Mm. The inward work for me is done a lot of the times in solitude. Mm. It's being able to sort of rewind the tape and go, what did I just do there? <laughs> what did I just feel there? What was I thinking there? How did it impact my behavior? And what did I just do to someone else or something else? And is that part of my intrinsic nature? No, it isn't part of my intrinsic nature. So how do I unravel that spiral to be able to catch it at the beginning so I don't end up in this behavioral coma, mm. basically, like a zombie walking through life, just doing <laughs> it in the way that I did it. And when we think about leaders stepping into leadership, not being prepared, we're going to witness a lot of that toxic behavior occurring within the organization. So. As we get to the end of our conversation, this would be a wonderful time to share your golden nugget, speaking to yeah. individuals, emerging to leaders, individuals who are leaders, individuals listening who are running an organization of what is it that we need to pay attention to when we're thinking about or witnessing what's happening in our organizations that lets us know we need to be doing more for our leaders. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think for for leaders, um, for for them themselves, first of all, for themselves, I think it's really important to have that that quiet time, that that reflection, to really find out where their values are, and to be in that space of if you're becoming a leader or if you are currently, like, is this really aligned to your purpose and your passion, right? And really, really think of it really deep and, and take your time and. Um, and don't let the noise of, again, the narrative come out. Like, yes, it makes a lot of sense uh, job-wise or like, this is what I want to do and financially. And like, those are external things and validations, but really sit with it to figure out if this is truly uh, what you want. And it might not be, and that's okay. Be okay with that because we're, we put so much emphasis on uh, being leaders in, in the world, which is great. You're already a leader. You're leading yourself. You're leading your family right? You don't need another title. So be okay with that. Um, I think the nugget for, for organizations is that when you're, when you're seeing leaders being out of sync, it's kind of like your analogy of the body of the disease, right? You'll know, you'll know when your leaders need that support, right? In their behaviors uh, and how they're showing up and impact on their teams. So uh, for organizations, it's so important to be aligned with that leader and check in, not just how they are functioning, but what's going on in their lives personally? You know, how is it aligned to their values? Are they are they are they being a leader? Do they think they're uh, where they're at? Uh, is it aligned? 
is there any disconnect? Um, because it doesn't serve the organization. It doesn't serve the leader as well. And it's going to spill over to the personal lives, right? And that's not what being a leader is about. So uh, being very attuned to the individual for who they are is super important. Mm -hmm. You know, I just want to extend a little bit there because so often we will have quantitative measurements within our organization, like engagement scores. Mm -hmm. And we take those engagement scores and we try to make decisions based on the number instead of having a conversation to gather the qualitative data. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so if we're measuring our leaders' engagement in their work and we're noticing a downward trend, Chris is recommending notice the trend as well as paying attention to them and step into conversation and find out the qualitative stuff that is going on because that's the gold we need. We need that. We can't just use a number and go, hey, let's do a wellness initiative. Whereas people are saying, I just need more time off. Yeah. I don't I don't need, you know, to go and listen to a talk on stress management. I know how to manage my stress. Yeah. I need more time off. I need more yeah. time with my family to be able to manage my stress. Turns out it's not happening because I'm working 12 hours a day, 10 hours a day, whatever, whatever that might happen to be. But yeah. Really great. Thank you. Thank you for that nugget. Yeah. So how can people be in touch with you, Chris, to find out what you're doing and maybe what's on the horizon or to work with you? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Teresa. Um, you can find me at consciousstudio.ca uh, for more information about myself. I'm on all the social medias at Conscious Studio as well, Instagram and, and Facebook. Um, and you can also send me a note and have a conversation. Uh, Chris at consciousstudio.ca. Awesome. You heard it, everyone. So our deepest gratitude for sharing your experiences and your nuggets and your own wisdom through your own experience. We cannot leave any episode without doing the rapid fire Q&A. Oh, right. Oh. Okay. Are you ready? Shake it out. The sweat is coming down my, my forehead now. <laughs> Five questions, no okay. pressing. Okay. Number one, which emotion catches you off guard most often? Mm, worry. And what do you do to regulate that emotion in the moment? Just did what I just did right now. Take a deep breath and pause. Man, the power. Power of breathing and pausing. Yeah. Number three, when your best friend is having a meltdown, what do you do? I get them to breathe. Yeah. Four, what's next in your personal evolution? You know, it's to continue to work with people that uh, um, want to take their story back and be the author of their own story. And I think through that, uh, I fortunately get to kind of evolve my story as well. Because mm -hmm. we are connected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And last question. See, it wasn't that hard. It's painless. Yeah. Uh, in this moment, what are you most grateful for or most hopeful for? Uh, I'm extremely grateful for this conversation with you um, and just the space we held. Uh, I find that anytime we talk about leadership or being present and grateful, uh, it just brings it, my appreciation and gratitude to another level. And I think and I hope uh, through this experience, um, it will create a, a gratitude and appreciation for others that they can pause and say, hey, I don't have to follow that story someone else said. And then I can actually have the power and the freedom to create my own. So 
I'm grateful for that. Amazing. See, you made it through the gauntlet. <laughs> the breathing helped. Wipe that brow. It was, it was an answer as well as, uh, you know, a process for me. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you to our audience for listening. Of course, as in every episode, let us know your thoughts. Let Chris know what you took away from this episode. We'll make sure he gets that feedback in those comments so he can keep doing some fabulous work. Chris, thank you for joining us. Um, I wish you all the best in your conscious studio work. Thank you, Teresa. This was fun. Appreciate this. Thanks for listening to this episode of TNT. Please share, subscribe, rate, and review. And when you're ready for your personal evolution, check out Reese at trueselfcoaching.com. And for your emotional intelligence revolution, check out Teresa at iqeqtq.com.